around what else we will build. We are making the salvation issue too casual. Everybody thinks that it's no big deal about salvation. We're all ready to deal with the structure and we never got the foundation right. We're all ready to say, oh, what the word of God says. But if the structure, if the foundation is not right, you can build all you want. Even if it's God's word, the structure, if it's on the wrong foundation, the house won't last. And so, so many people are out there and they're saying, oh, God is good all the time. God is good. Oh, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Oh, God says uh, he will bless us and he, he will never forsake us. Oh, that's all true. And we can all quote it. But the question is, what is your foundation looking like? Have you got the foundation right? Did you get the foundation right? Or you're building on sand. That's what we have to ask ourselves as we're building this life that God has given to us. Did we get the foundation right? Everybody have some thoughts about how to get saved. Remember I told you, if you go up to 100, let me just make it easy. If you go up to 10 Christians, solid Christians, and just ask them this, how do I get saved? Boy, you'll be shocked on the answers you get. Just tell me how do I get saved? Here is the, the, the apostolic people. Well, just get baptized. Okay? So guess what? They might not come to your church, so they go to some other church that, that, that baptized any kind of way, and they get baptized. Well, I'm saved. Well, you told them just get baptized, because that's all y'all like to tell them, get baptized. Then you go to some other church and they said, what must, you ask them, what must I do? Oh, you just have to have faith and believe. Okay, I have faith and I believe. Does that mean I'm saved? Then you go to this other church. If you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. Oh, I did that, so I'm good. And this is what the foundation of people's life look like. It is not a true foundation. And if you leave the foundation just up on confession, if you leave the foundation just on believe, if you leave the foundation just on baptism, you're not going to stand. When the floods come, the foundation will be challenged. And before you know it, destroyed so because this church like to give you biblical instructions on how or what God says you need to do and not what the preacher thinks I'm going to give you the proper foundation for salvation in Acts chapter 2 verse number 36 here is the proper structure for you to be saved. The scripture says in Acts chapter 2 verse 36, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So the first thing that is being pointed out to these people is that y'all sinned. Y'all did an innocent man wrong. You did. So because you did an innocent man wrong, here is what you need to do. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, 
They were pricked in their hearts. We in trouble when people tell us we have sinned and we say, well, God understands. Yeah, that's, a, that's how a lot of people do, Christian people. God understands. That's, he, that's not that bad because he know my situation. Oh, my goodness, how we love to just kind of make it sound like it's okay. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Since we have sinned and you pointed it out, what should we do to get our life right? What must we do to establish the proper foundation in our life? Nowadays, somebody come and tell you what you're doing is wrong. You're sinning against God. Who do you think you are? You think you're Jesus? You better get out my face trying to tell me I did something wrong. You ain't God, so get out my face. In the scripture, they told these people that you committed a crime against an innocent man. You did wrong. You sinned against an innocent man. And you know what they did? They didn't say, please, he deserved it. They said, mm, what, what do we need to do to fix that? That's when Peter said in verse 38, here is the way you get saved, everybody. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and, and so many people are saying, yeah, I mean, name Jesus, yeah. Father, Son, same kind of thing. Why do we keep messing with God's word like we know? Why aren't we handling God's word like we don't know? And when you don't know, you know what you do when you don't know? Just tell me. When I go to the store, I'm not like the ladies. They want to go up every aisle when I go to the store I try to look for somebody quick as I can where is the so and so aisle and they tell me and I'm going straight to whatever I'm looking for I ain't got time to be going up and down every aisle I didn't come for everything in every aisle I came for one thing or two things tell me where that aisle is so I can go get it This is why I stick to Whole Foods, Wegmans, and ShopRite. Don't tell me about no Aldi's. Don't tell me about nothing. I know y'all get some good prices at Aldi's. That's cool. But I'm going to the supermarkets where I know them back and forth. Back of my hand. When my, Lord, my daughter want to go, go buy baking products, I say, come with me, baby. And I know every aisle. That's where the baking soda is. That's where the, um, the flour is. This is where I show her everything because I know all the aisles in ShopRite. I know all the aisles in Wegmans. I know all the aisles in um, uh, Whole Foods. That's where I go. So I don't go to the other places. Because if I go to the other places, they're not going to help me. So, because I don't know where they are. And so, that's my story. So, they didn't try to figure out another way. He told them, get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of sins. 
And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added Unto them about 3,000 souls. That's biblical instructions for salvation so your foundation of your house is legit. All the other stuff y'all been talking about, all the other stuff you've been hearing about, you better ask yourself, give me more explanation. Tell me how does that work? Because every, every other way... That somebody will tell you how to get saved leaves you with unanswered questions. Just check it out. Every other, believe. Believe. Okay, I believe. And you'll realize nothing changed in your life. Believe. Believe. And then we all, we have the word, the word of God that says faith without works is dead. So isn't it just common sense to think, okay, I believe. What do I need to do now? Floods represent attacks from Satan. Because if he can weaken your foundation, the structure don't stand a chance. The covering don't stand a chance. Because if the foundation ain't right, everything else is wrong. The second test is the wind. The test, the wind comes to test the structure. Winds represents false teaching. There are many voices today that say God's commandments are not necessary or his or, or teaches his commandments. People are teaching God's commandments erroneously, just like our people are telling you uh, it's OK to get baptized in the titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Show me in the Bible where somebody got baptized that way. But nobody's checking anybody. Everybody just want to feel good about what they're doing. And nobody is saying, I don't care how I feel. I want to know the truth. Give me truth. Don't make me feel good. I'd rather you tell me truth in a dogmatic, ignorant way than tell me lies in a beautiful, nice way. Uh -huh. You better think about what I just said. Tell me truth no matter how it sounds or no matter how you want to come off. Tell me truth because only truth will make me free. I don't want you telling me lies and being sweet about it. I don't want you telling me lies and making it sound pretty. Tell me truth no matter how it sounds. What do you want me to do? Feel good and be lost? Feel good and go to hell? Feel good and don't know God's word? No, sir, buddy. I want to know the truth no matter how I feel because I want heaven to be my destination. I want to go to heaven when I leave this place and lies don't get me there. Good speech don't get me there. Only the truth of the word of Jesus Christ will get me there. We need to get out of this mess, man. I understand that we're living in different times. Trust me, I'm not an ignorant person. I understand we're living in different times. But we got to cut this thing out that we want everything to sound good and for everybody to talk to us nice for us to receive it. No, sir, buddy, if you're telling me truth, if you're telling me the word of God, I don't care how it sounds. I want the truth. I want the word of God because I want to be saved. 
If everybody got to talk to you nice concerning the word of God, your motive's not right. Your motive's not right. I sat up in church, and I've heard preachers preach hard, coming at me hard. But you know, and not me, the congregation, coming hard with the word of God. But when it was truth, I owned it. I owned it like a champ. I don't care how it sound. I don't care how it seemed mean. I don't care any of that. If it was truth, I owned it. Because only truth going to make me free. Only truth going to change my life. Only truth going to deliver me. Only truth going to get me where God want me to go. And I'm supposed to just be good with, just tell me anything. I just want it to sound good. I just want to feel good. That's what, that's how false teaching get to us. False teaching comes from preachers that's trying to make people feel good. That's what, that's how false teaching start getting in the church. You get a preacher that has decided, you know, I want the people to feel good. I want the people to feel comfortable. I want you to feel good too. I want you to feel comfortable too. But whatever the word says, that's what I'm going to say. I don't know how that word's going to make you feel, but I'm going to say the word, not what I think will make you feel good. My words don't get you to heaven. My words don't get you saved. My words don't get you delivered. Only the words of Jesus get you saved, get you delivered. And that's why we got to receive his word in order to be saved. False teaching show up because people want the others to feel good. We are not to listen to every voice out there. Even many of the voices that are talking about God. We can't be listening to all the voices out there. Many of the voices seem like they are speaking on behalf of Jesus Christ. But remember, there are those who will say in the Bible, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in thy name and cast out devils in thy name? And Jesus himself will say, depart from me. Why? Because I never knew you. You did not do the work of my father. You spoke in my name. You preached in my name. You said stuff about my word, but you weren't serving me. Depart from me. A lot of people might to you seem like they legit. A lot of people to you might seem like, oh, they're a man of God or a woman of God. They know the word of God. But I'm here to tell you, you better make sure you know who you're listening to because you might just listen to the wrong person. And sooner or later, once they got you, they can speak erroneous words and false words in your hearing. And you're going to believe it because now you have confidence in them. That's how it works. That's how it works. They will keep on telling you, listen to me. My God, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this message today because there's a whole lot here. But listen to me. Satan spoke to Eve and started speaking God's words. And when she started listening, he switched it on her before she knew it. And before she knew it, she sinned against God. Well, she disobeyed her husband. If you want to get technical. So that's what I'm trying to tell you. The devil is that good that he will send somebody to you. He will let you listen to somebody on, on social media, on, on, on the Internet. You'll start listening to somebody, and you're like, yeah, they know. Yeah, they sound pretty good. They're saying the right things. I don't know if they ever talked about baptism, but, but, but they, they have good words. And you're listening to that, and you're listening to that. Well, you might just be operating like Eve was, listening and listening because it sounds good. And then sooner or later they tell you something that's false. 
and you believe it. We're talking about the structure of the house. The structure. And so just say you got the foundation right. If the structure ain't right, the house still ain't right. The house still ain't right. And so we need to make sure we don't allow false doctrine to creep in. (laughs) The third test, the rain. The rain tests the covering of the house. So whatever the roof is, whatever you put, 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 put on the house to make sure when rain was coming, it, it didn't come in the house, it, 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 it's important. What, what was that? How did you take care of the, the, the covering? What was that? And so we need to understand that it's important that we have the proper covering for the house. And so rain represents the trials of life. Mm-hmm. Boy, we're in the heart of trials of life. I prayed this morning, God, show me how to help your people just with all the, 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 the news, the reports that we're getting that's so negative, that's so, that just seems like, you know, it's just taking us nowhere and all it's making us to do is just be concerned or don't have an answer and we feel helpless. I said, what do we do, Lord? Because it's, it's, we're hearing all of these reports. It's the trials of life. And I can't just say, we can't just say, well, you know, folks, you just got to surrender to God. It just doesn't sound like the right thing while they're going through. Again, what did I say? We want to make them feel comfortable. And so somebody's going through a hard time and they don't have Christ. What are we supposed to say? Somebody's on the brink of dying and they don't have Christ. What are we supposed to say? It's tough. I don't know still, as I'm saying this to you, what do we need to say? That's one of those things you have to pray and say, God, give me wisdom. Help me to help them. And I believe that if we care deep down in our heart enough, that God will give us the wisdom that we need to help them. But we don't have answers, man. At the the rate of how life is going, we just don't have answers. The only answer is Jesus. The only answer is to submit to the word of God, to obey the word of God. Though they slay me, yet will I trust him. That's what we have. But everybody can't receive that. And so the trials of life is going to come. There are many situations and circumstances that seem to to, to temporarily block God's favor. Well, so we think anyway. We think when we go through a hard time, we don't have God's favor. (laughs) Thank you very much, Sister Maddie. (laughs) But, But so many of us think that. We think that. We think when we're going through life and the challenges are coming, we think. Brother Bradley preached yesterday to our youth, at our youth service, great youth service yesterday. Thank everybody for what they've done and just putting it together, and, and the youth were blessed. And Brother Bradley preached so well yesterday in talking about just, you know, sometimes we're going through life and we think God forgot about us. We, we, we forget our status in God, like, like because we're going through, God don't care. Not true. We live in this life. The Bible says he reigns on the just and the unjust alike. So the bottom line is we're going to go through some stuff. Just like our blessings flow because God's people are here and God has to bless his people and people that 
probably don't deserve God's blessing still gets God's blessing. Well, the same thing happens. We don't deserve some of the things that we go through. But guess what? We live in this life, so we go through them anyhow. But because we have hope, because we have confidence in who he is, we know we're going to be fine no matter what. We have to know that and not allow these life situations and trials to take us out because we're just frustrated about what we're going through. Church, we have to go through things to grow. How many times we pray, God, I want to grow, or God, I want to know you more, or God, I want to be used by you. All of those things will require you have to go through something. You want to be used by God, you got to go through something. You want to be used by God, you got to go through something. You want to grow in God, you got to go through something. Because God will use you. It's Listen, this don't sound good, and, and our little mind can't understand it. But God has prepared for you everything that you need in your journey. Here is some preparation that you don't think about. I'm stepping into deep waters here. But for some people, you get saved. But while you were young, you were molested. God has somebody or many persons in the church that are on fire, that's doing stuff for him, that was molested too. So what he's showing you is your molestation don't stop you from what he can do in you and through you. So sometimes you will go through some stuff so you can become a blessing to somebody. We only want to be a blessing in a good situation. But sometimes because life happens and sometimes just because situation happened and you went through something, God says the devil meant it for evil, but I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to do something mighty in your life. I'm going to work in your life. And when that person comes to you that's struggling, you're going to tell them how you overcame it. You're going to tell them how God began to use you through that situation. You're going to be able to help somebody because you went through it. So we don't think about these things. So every time we go through, we want to just fold up tent. We just want to curl up and cry and not realizing that, guess what? What did he say? It's best to go into life with one arm or one leg or one finger with, 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 instead of going to hell, be fully clothed in with all your limbs. Because God knows when we get to heaven, this body that we have now, we won't have it. We'll have a different body. He knows when we get to heaven, all that happened to us, it won't matter. It only matters when we're here. And even after we get Jesus, it probably won't matter a whole lot. And God knows it. And we're putting a lot of stock into it right now. Like, oh, you don't understand. And God is saying, I got people that's going to help you get through your situation. 
Yes, your situation is bad. I'm not overlooking it. I know it hurts. I know it was terrible what they did to you. I know it was horrible what they did to you. But I'm here to tell you I'm your God. I am the one that healeth. I'm the one that touches mine and transforms mine. I'm the one that raises up. I'm the one that sets people free. I'm the one that heal and make you whole again. So I know you've been through some things, but I, your God, I will take you through. I will bring you through. I will take care of you because there's somebody coming. There's somebody coming that needs to know, how do I survive molestation? How do I survive assault? How do I survive going to jail? How do I survive people doing crimes against you? How do I survive it? Because somebody else is doing it and doing it in the power of God's might and doing it and making a difference. Some of us have to pay the price sometimes of going through some things. So others, I don't know how to explain this, but when, 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 when Joseph, when Joseph went to Egypt to go and, and, and prepare the way, which they all didn't know, went to prepare the way to save all of Egypt and his family when the famine came. When he went, God had said it, but I don't know how many of the people thought about it, that they were going to be slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Now, if you read the scripture, I'm sure there's some other things that tell you why they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. But the main reason why was because the Egyptians were idol-worshiping people. They worshiped false gods. And what God allowed was to let the true people of God that worshiped the one and true God, he allowed them to be in their country for 400 years so they can see what it looks like to be a true man of God, a true woman of God. The people look around and says, Joseph, God is God. And so before they left there, they understood who the true and living God was. So watch us now. God, you made our people go through slavery for 400 years just so they could be saved over in Egypt. And guess what? Ain't a lot of them that got saved anyway, God. That's our thinking. How did you let us go through all that, God? Only a few of them got saved. Don't worry about it. While you were going through it, my people, did I feed you? While you were going through it, people, watch this. Did anybody die? While you were going through it, did your clothes get ruined? While you were going through it, did you have what you need? Well, stop complaining. That's our God. That's, that, that's how he would communicate it to us. Because while we're going through, he's letting us know, I still got you. I know you don't want to go through. But watch it now. Watch it now. Did I want to go through what I went through to save y'all? I was sitting in the throne. I was sitting on the throne in heaven with my feet up. The angels were bowing down. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I'm watching everything going down there, going on down there and realize if I don't come in person and, and become human and die for y'all, you can't be saved. And so I got to leave out of this holy place, come down that filthy world. Y'all would mock me. Y'all would mistreat me and make me seem like I'm nothing. Y'all whoop me and call me a curse and all this stuff. I went through that. Didn't I go through that? So why do you all think you're supposed to live for me and go through nothing? Why do you all think you, 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 you're supposed to be a Christian and no situation is supposed to come your way? You're supposed to just be good all the time. And me, 
the one who created you, the one who made a way for you, the one who died for you, the one who rose from the dead for you, me. I went through stuff and I didn't have to go through anything. And you're going to complain about what you're going through? The rain. When the trials of life come, please don't think that God is not for you. Please don't think that you don't have God favor in your life because of trial. Go through scripture and you'll see men of God, women of God, they had trials. They had challenges. They had situations. But they knew who their God was and they just kept on trusting him. Psalms 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Don't you forget that. If you got the structure right, the foundation right, and the structure right, and you've got the, 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 the top of it, the, 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 the roof right, guess what? You'll be all right, no matter what you're going through. God is present in our trials. We don't have to worry, and we don't have to fret. The God we serve, he cannot fail. He won't let us down. He may not always come when we want him, but he'll be there. Right on time. I know we want him to come when we want him to come. I know we want God to show up just when we think he should show up. But I'm here to tell you, church, he might not come when you think he should. But he will show up just in time. That's the kind of God we serve. No matter what kind of building we're building, especially the building of our life. Oh, we got to know that if we will get the foundation right, which is our salvation, if we will get the structure right, which is the word of God, and we will get the roof right, the top right, which is the trials of life, we will be able to sustain ourselves. We will be able to make it through all the challenges, all the trials, all the floods, all the winds, and all the rain, because God has told us how to build his life. There are two kinds of disciples. I'm closing here. There are two kinds of disciples of Christ according to his word. One is a wise disciple and the other is a foolish disciple. What determines the wise disciple and the foolish disciple? It's simple. The wise disciple is obedient to the word of God. No matter what kind of attack come his or her way, He or she is obedient to God's word. That's a wise disciple, a wise Christian. No matter how the attacks come, no matter what attacks come, you are obedient to the word of God no matter what. The foolish disciple. Listen to me carefully. The foolish disciple hears the word of God but still does his own thing. You hear me? The foolish disciple Here's the word of God, but still does his or her own thing. You live the life that you live for the word of God to fit in with your life, not the other way around. It's like most men. (laughs) Most men. I ain't hear no amen, but it's okay. Most men who are trying to put furniture together. Now I know why more women are Christians than men. Because most men that are putting furniture together, rip it out the box, and we just start figuring. 
Oh, yeah, that go right there. Come here. Call their kids. Hey, come here. Hold that over there. Come here. Ain't take nah look at the directions yet. Nah. Nah, look. Just hold that over there. And you start banging. And the wife come. Are you supposed to be banging like that? Go sit down, girl. I'm doing what I'm doing. Come on. Yeah. Uh, push it in. And all of a sudden, it's standing. See? Then you look over there. Whole bunch of screws. Whole bunch of parts still not on there. Then you go test it out. You sit down and all. It's working. Y'all can sit on it. Just give it a few weeks, a few months. All a mess. Fall apart. That's how we treat God's word. We hear it and we still try to make it fit the way we need it to fit. We, we don't take the instructions. We don't take the direction. We just hear it. Oh, yeah. And we do our own thing. And now we have a house that's shaky. And as soon as we get company over and everybody using it now, you get embarrassed because it falls apart. Oh, my goodness. We just bought it. Yeah, I know you just bought it, but you ain't put it together the right way. You didn't pay attention to the instructions. Now, all of a sudden, when they lay down that night, that couple fighting. Because the wife mad because she embarrassed because her friend's like, what? You know? And she mad because she knew he didn't read the instructions. I just should have did it myself. That's what she's saying. I should have did it myself because she knows she would have read the instructions. Uh-huh. Well, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about a foolish or a unwise Christian. We hear the word of God and we still just kind of do our own thing, sprinkle in a little of the word of God, but leave out a lot of it because we think we got it when we don't. The foolish man's house went up quickest, but lasted the shortest time. The wise man's house took much more time to be built, but lasted the longest. We need to build our life to last throughout all the storm, to last throughout all the floods, to last throughout all the trials of life. We need to make sure we're building our life so it can last and withstand everything that the devil will throw at us. Because believe me, the devil is throwing some stuff at us. Proverbs 24 and 3 says, through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding, it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Three key words from the book of Proverbs, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge is the observation of facts. Understanding is the explanation of facts. Wisdom is the application of facts. Church, we can't just keep hearing the word of God. I got to tell you this. I'm finishing up here, but I got to tell you this. Ask yourself today, if coming to church one day a week from 1030 to 1230, for some of us, 11 to 1230, whatever it is, if coming to this building one time a week is going to allow you to build the house that will last. I am only saying this because I care. I, I lose my mind trying to figure out how to do better, how to help 
and make a difference in the lives of the people I encounter. And what I do know is this, just like I said before earlier, what we did way back then, it worked. We're not doing it anymore, and I don't know why, but it worked. Going to church four or five times a week, it worked. It gave us a better relationship with Christ. I don't know why we're not doing that anymore, but it worked. Listening to the word of God constantly, it worked. Back in the day, we knew how to quote scriptures like you wouldn't believe. We knew all where all the scriptures are. You, you, you ask us about blah, blah, blah. I said, turn to this. You ask about blah, blah. I said, turn to this. I used to go witnessing and people used to say, what about? I said, turn to this. And when they turn, I said, let's read together. And then we'll read it. It was not a scripture that was essential when I talked to people about salvation that I did not know from the top of my head. Why? We was listening to the word all the time. Why? We were reading the word all the time. And now, all of a sudden, we show up to a church service one time a week for an hour and a half to two hours. And for the rest of the week, we're busy doing a lot of things. And we are we confident that doing that make us have a strong house that can withstand everything? The biblical concept of hearing is the same as obedience. In other words, if you don't do what is said, you didn't really hear. That's how the Bible brings it to us. There are many similarities between the two builders in Jesus' parable. In fact, the only real difference between the wise man and the foolish man is a foundation which Jesus calls obedience. That's the key word right there. Obedience. Obedience in what the Lord Jesus Christ instructs us to do, instructs us to do. When we obey his word, we will rest assured that we're building our life the right way, the proper way, the way that will withstand anything. God, help us today. When we allow God's word to transform us, when we allow God's word to, to work in our life, we will see how strong this life will be. And can I tell you this? Transformation takes place from the inside out, not from the outside in. If our life is going to be transformed, it must be transformed from the inside out. How will that work, preacher? I need to make sure I have the Holy Spirit inside me. I need to make sure the Word of God is inside of me. That's how transformation will take place in our life. So at all times, it must be the Word of God that is coming into our heart and into our mind and for us to apply it through obedience or that the Spirit of God is working through us that sometimes we don't even understand and the Spirit of God start ministering to us and through us. If we would be honest with ourselves, many of us are not allowing the Word of God to transform us. We are hearing the word of God, but its impact is minimal on our life. But we cannot afford to live that way. We must not treat the preaching of the word of God like we do motivational speaking. We're treating preaching the word of God like it's motivational speaking. You know what we do with motivational speaking? We say, we pay our money to go hear motivational speaking, and we say, wow, that's pretty good. Wow, that's pretty wise. Wow, I can do that. And then we walk out, and before you know it, documents, you know, files, and we're not doing what the motivational speaker said. And we do the same thing with the preaching. 
like it's motivational. Let me go in here. Ooh, that was good. Let me write that down. Let me try to remember that. Let, 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 let me get that quote down so I can go post that. Motivational speaking is how we're treating the preaching. And God is saying, I need you to build a life with a foundation that is proper, with a structure that is proper, with a covering that is proper, because the storms will come, the floods will come, the rain will fall, and if the, the house is not built properly, great will be the fall of it. James 1 and 22 says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. That's what it says. I didn't say it. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is or was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. We can't just hear the word of God and say, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. We got to do that. These sayings of the Lord is a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey... You're only fooling yourself. It's crazy how we can think that we, we can cut corners in God's word and it doesn't affect us. Listen, in our way of living, we fool each other, we trick each other, we deceive one another, and it's just how life goes. But we cannot forget who God is. He's all-knowing. We're crazy if we think we can cut corners with him. We're crazy if we think we can trick him or deceive him. When you're dealing with God, there is no other way to come to him but transparent and honest. It's the only way to approach God, is being transparent and honest. This is why when we approach God, we say, God, please, I'm a sinner, wretch undone. Lord, I have sinned and come short of your glory. Yes, I understand I'm your child, but I know I have not lived up to what I'm supposed to live up to because you have so much more for me and I'm just not living up to what I need to. I know you're gracious, God. I know you love me, God, but I know you still want more for me and I want that more and I'm not doing it. Help me, Lord, to get that more. Transparency before God. We can't go to God and act like we're obeying his word when we're not obeying his word. God, we went on a fast and I only was able to fast one day. Help me, Lord, that the next time we go on a fast, I'll be able to fast three days or the whole seven days. We got to be transparent before God. We can't lie to him. He knows everything. He knows your thoughts. The Bible said he knows your thoughts are far off. So before you even get your thoughts, he says, I know what you're getting ready to think. Can you imagine that? Not, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're getting ready to think. Boy, that's heavy. Jesus, that's heavy. You know what I'm getting ready to think? Not what I'm thinking, what I'm getting ready to think. So before I can think it, he know it. Ain't no sense of lying to him. Ain't no sense of trying to deceive him. It's just, just come correct to him. 
Each house is Jesus' illustration for us to be secure in him. Jesus is more concerned about our walk than our talk. All the stuff we want to tell others to impress others, Jesus is listening. He's not impressed by us in how eloquent we speak or all the things that we retain that we can say but we're not doing. He's not impressed by that. He wants us to do right, not just say the right words. The obedient hearer is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. His house is supposed to be his refuge. In the storms of of adversity, in the hour of temptation, the rock that the house is built upon must be Christ Jesus. Because those days are coming. If we don't want to get wiped out when the floods come, when the winds are blowing, and when the rain are descending and coming hard, if we don't want to get wiped out, we have to obey the word of God. We can't just be hearers. We can't just show up and hear what the preacher is saying and then don't do what we're hearing. The careless hearer, he that doeth not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. It was without the proper foundation. It was not built upon the rock. The house is the mere profession of faith like so many people do. Outward worship, outward forms of living, outward conformity, but no real life change because we're not doers of the word. For a time, this is the careless here, for a time it may seem fair and stately, the house. It has a look, perhaps, of strength and solidity, but it has no foundations. It cannot give shelter from the rain. Its structure cannot stand against the winds. And its foundation could not overcome the flood. Therefore, it fell. Can I tell you this? Here's some quotable quotes. I'm finished. I'm not not going anymore. Quotable quotes. Nothing is easier than saying words. Nothing is harder than living them day after day. Arthur Gordon. What people say, what people do, and what they say they will do are entirely different things. Margaret Mead. No person was ever honored for what he or she received. Honor has been the reward for what we give. That one hit me hard. That was a good one. We want to be honored. (laughs) But we want to be recipients of everything. Think about that. Just think about that for a second. All of us desire to be honored in some way for something that we have done well. But the only way we get honored... Is for doing something, not for receiving something. When you show up for someone to be honored, it's because they gave. Whether it's they volunteer their services, whether it's they made a donation, whether they made a sacrifice with their life, we're going to honor so-and-so because of what they did, what they gave. Let's go and honor them. 
Let's bring that into the spiritual realm now. There's a scripture that says it's better it's better to give than to receive. Now you can give more credence to it now to realize what it's meaning now. Because when you give, you get honored. When you receive, you're just receiving. You're not being honored. You're getting something. And so God has set this thing up where he says, I'm even going to make it easy for you to give. I'm going to give first. God made it easy for us to receive. For us to give, I should say. He says, let me give you first so you don't feel like uh, I'm treating you unfairly. Because if I didn't give and I told you to give, you wouldn't have understood the concept of people that give are those that get honored. So what I did was I, for God so loved the world. Why do you think we honor our Lord? Man, that concept is so simple. So, why are we honoring Jesus? Because he gave. Do you want to be honored? Do you want to be honored? Because if you want to be honored, you're going to have to give. You're going to have to give just like he gave if you want to be honored. And if you just want to receive, if all we're going to do is come to church and receive, we're not going to be honored. And when you get honored, watch this. When you get honored, isn't there normally a reward? Jesus said, behold, I come quickly. And my reward, let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Huh. What kind of house are you building? I pray to God that this helps somebody today. I don't know what else to do. I tell my wife all the time, I said, Any one of you that know that God is touching your heart to serve him in this role of being a preacher, just understand who you work for. Understand that you serve the Lord. Because if you miss sight of that, you will stop preaching. I want to see people's life change. I want to see people live their best life in Christ. But I can't do it for you. You have to do it. I can help you, but you have to want it. And when I look out and I want to see people's life change and people be blessed and they're still hesitant, there's nothing I can do. And it weakens me some days. I cry. I say, God, how do I make a difference? And all he tells me is, just keep preaching my word. So I had to learn quickly that I'm serving him. Because if I ever mistake myself in thinking that I'm trying to serve y'all, I'm in trouble. Because I would never, I would, I would be a mess trying to serve y'all. Now, I'm serving y'all, but he's the shot caller. He's the boss. Right? So, you're not my boss. The Lord is my boss. So when you disappoint, when you don't listen, when you don't do, I don't come to you. I go to him.
Because only he can strengthen me and keep me in courage. Because I want to see the very best for all of you. And I know it can be done because I walked in all of your shoes spiritually. Where all of you are right now, as a pastor, I was in your shoes. So don't think that I don't understand. I walked in all of your shoes. Every person that's here today, I was in your shoes at one point in time. So I understand what it takes to, 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 to keep building. I understand what it takes to, to, to build the life where when the floods came and the winds come. Whew, let me give you a little piece real quick. The foundation is solid, Brother Shaw. But the structure, every once in a while, you might lose a little something off, a little siding. Might lose a little siding. Ah, a couple of shingles might come off. Because it's just a part of the deal. But we survived it. And then when we survive it, we go up top, put some more shingles on. When we survive it, we go, we go and put that, that siding back on. Because the foundation is solid as a rock. And nothing can mess with the foundation. We may not always get everything right in the Word of God. And we might allow our emotions to get the best of us where the covering might leak every once in a while. But because this foundation is solid, because the foundation cannot be destroyed, we will always make it through. So I'm just telling you, even if one of the siding has come off, a few siding has come off of your house, if your foundation is right, just hold on. If a couple of shingles came off the covering, just hold on. You're going to be all right because the foundation can't be shaken. God want me to tell you today, build your life according to his words. He says his sayings. If you hear these sayings, all the way from Matthew chapter 5, the entire chapter, Matthew chapter 6, the entire chapter, and Matthew chapter 7, the entire chapter. If you will read those throughout this week along with the regular reading and see all of the sayings, tree that grows good fruit, that bears good fruit, and tree that grows, that, that bears evil fruit, narrow is the way, broad is the way. I mean, he's telling us so many things. There's another piece that says, judge not so you will not be judged. I mean, he's dropping bombs. If we will get this and build our life on these sands, oh, life will be so much different for us. How about we find, take just a few moments before we go and find a place to pray. If you want to come to this altar and just pray and ask God to help you to build this house. Ask God to show you the, the, the flawed areas of your house. For some of you, it might be the foundation. You might never had the foundation right. And he's telling you today, get the foundation right. For others, as I said, it might be a few pieces of siding. And he's going to tell you, here is the word of God that you have not been paying attention to. Now pay attention to it. 
For others, a couple of shingles came off the roof, and he said, it's okay, but here are my words now. Hear my word so you can go fix those pieces of shingles that came off, so you can get it back, so the whole entire house, your life, can be well put together. That no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your struggles, no matter what your challenge, you know this house of mine is built properly. From the ground all the way to the top, this house is built properly. And I will withstand any trials, any winds, any situation, any attacks by Satan. I will withstand because this house that I'm building, I'm building it according to God's word. I will not just be a hearer of God's word, but I will be a doer as well. I will not be the foolish disciple, the foolish uh, Christian, but I will be the one with wisdom and hear the word of God and do what the word of God says. Hear me somebody. God wants you to to, 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 to get your mind changed, transformed because we could no longer say to ourselves only when it makes sense. You hear me church? We can't treat God's word like only when it makes sense. Some of God's word will not make sense to us but it means we still got to do it because our life depends on it. Our life depends on why our house will still stand. So we might not understand it. We might not be able to put all the understanding into what God is saying. But if we will just do it in the name of Jesus. Come on, talk to the Lord just for a moment. Come on, talk to the Lord just for a moment. Build that house up. Build that house up. Build that house up. Build that house up. Make sure the foundation is good. Make sure the structure is good. Make sure the covering is good. Build that house up, church. Build that house up in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, will you help us this afternoon? Oh, God, will you show us the areas of our life, Lord God, that we need to build? The areas of our life that needs attention. Oh, God, will you help us to understand, oh, God, is right and solid. Oh, God, will you show us what we need to do even now to get our house? Oh, God, build just right. Build just right. Build just right in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, continue to work in Brother Tim's life. Continue to give him the wisdom that he needs. Continue to show him the areas of his life that you're building. That he will submit, obey the instructions of the word of God. Oh, Father, I pray that you will strengthen him. Brother Tim, God is building your life. Trust him. He's going to build a structure. He's going to build a building that will not be shaken. That will not be moved. Because you trust in the Lord. Because you obey the Lord. Because you are doer of his word when you hear it. Father, I pray that your will will be done in his life, oh God. Oh God, I pray that you will lead him in the path of righteousness. Oh God, open his eyes to see clearly that he may declare your will. Oh God, use it mightily and miraculously to be your witness, Lord God. Baptize him with a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, Lord.
I've seen your strength. I've seen your strength. You've cared for others. Now let me care for you. Let me keep you. Let me bring you through. I, your God, will take care of you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I will touch your body. I will make your body whole. My favor is upon you. Keep trusting in me. Keep trusting in me. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, bless the keeper. Open doors for her. Let her experience your favor, Lord God. And I pray for your provision. Oh, God, continue to keep her and bless her, Lord God. Let your will be done in her life, Lord God. I pray God's strength upon you now. I pray God's strength upon you. God is renewing your strength. God is renewing your strength. God is renewing your strength. You don't want to wait. You're going to do it today? 
and you're going to wait two weeks. All right, Marshall, want to get baptized in two weeks. Anybody else? Anybody else want to be baptized? Uh-huh. Oh, hallelujah. Don't put off today if you can help it. You want God's will to be done. You want God's foundation to be established so you can start building a life that's secure in Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Before we end our service, anyone want to be baptized? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the lives that you touched today. We thank you for those that have made up in their mind that they want the foundation to be right. And they're going to be baptized in Jesus' name. They're going to repent of their sins. They've already declared by faith that you are God Almighty. And Lord, we trust you to fill them with your spirit, Lord. For that is the proper foundation that you have called us to, to establish in our life that we can build the right life. The life, Almighty God, that you've called us to. Lord, as we go from this place today, will you let your hands be upon us? Will you let your spirit guide us and lead us? Will you help us to grow from the word of God today? To be established in you, Lord God. Oh, for the word of God to flow from our inward parts. That, Lord, we can be the instruments and conduits, the, the witnesses, the light that you've called us to be, Lord God. We are your people who are called by your name. And we're grateful that you tell us and instruct us how to live this life. Lord, we're totally indebted to you. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for all you've done. And Lord, we pray that you are God us to our respective place of dwelling today. Keep us, Lord. Bless us. Continue to watch over your daughter, Sister Revelous. Oh, God, that your will be done in her life and in the life of her family. As we go today, we ask you these things in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Whatever we can do, just let us know.